0: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about
1: yeah! this, Cowboys?
0: This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Live. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters
2: at the Star in Frisco.
0: On Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Kuska keeps it, and he bangs it into a touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Hekma Harrison, Rob Phillips,
2: and Kyle Yeomans. Oh, it's a Fans on the 50 edition of Talking Cowboys here on this Tuesday from Frisco. Hey, everybody. Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback with you in studio. Rob Phillips, our Cowboys insider, and the fantastic, the vibrant, the sultry voice of Mr. Yeah. Heckma Harrison, as always, leading you into <laughs> another fantastic episode and one where we're going to really break down this, this Cowboys loss. We, we kind of had the emotional reaction yesterday to the 25 to 3 loss to the Washington football team on Sunday we we had the emotional reaction now we have the logical reaction whenever it goes into Tuesday and by logical, I mean just basically we're going to think about it a little bit more than than just letting it ride with Isaiah just being completely emotional and, and I was emotional. Yeah, it seemed you, like you it. Was irrational?
3: Isaiah don't deal with emotions. No, that's what I Don't I deal no, with no. emotions. He's just he's only factual. never,
4: ever, ever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. my wife, man. She'll tell you. Mm. <laughs>
2: hey, we <laughs> got
5: some uh, some emotion from Jerry Jones on the fan just now. Yes, man. we did.
2: Uh, Rob, would you like to kind of go into what happened there because. He was uh he was in not the best mood this morning. Mm.
5: He was a little testy, a little testy about the uh question from Sean and RJ mm-hmm. about the leadership on the team right now and is there a void? And and he got a little testy about that one, and that's okay. You know, and he apologized to Sean at the end and said, Look, this is uh basically this is a tough time right now, and it's a tough time for our fans. I think fans needed to hear that. This is uh this is a rough stretch. This is as rough a stretch, guys, as I can remember since maybe 2010, when they got, they got blown out in a bunch of games leading up to a coaching change. And that's not going to happen here. They're not, that's not happening here, obviously. It's year one with Mike McCarthy. They're, they have the utmost confidence in him. But it, it, just, it has that kind of hopeless feeling right now until they can get out of this. And with the injuries, it's going to be hard to do it.
2: Now whenever it comes to to Jerry and his reaction like you 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 mentioned it a moment ago that it's something that the fans kind of kind of want to hear you want to hear frustration out of your football team. And, and Isaiah, you, both you and Heckma, talked to it to yesterday about the passion and and finding a pride factor mm-hmm. whenever it comes to winning football games and stepping up and doing your job. But whenever you're hearing that from the owner, is that encouraging to you or is it just another morale win or a morale boost, I guess you could say, from a team that's just itching for any kind of boost?
4: I mean, from the player's perspective, I don't put any extras on it, right? Um, from the fans' perspective, I think it's, it's encouraging for sure. I can only imagine the frustration that... That Jerry has and his his entire team, um, you know, with the start that this team has had, um, they put in a lot of work this offseason, and I think we we've, we've made that very clear. Uh, we agree that they made a lot of strategic moves, a lot of things that look great on paper. Um, that as ownership, as management, you expect to really come through for you, and it just hasn't come through. So you know, when you have those expectations, when you've done your work, when you've done your job, and then the players get out there and don't do theirs, I would think that you would be a little bit a little bit testy as he was today. <laughs>
2: Uh, heck, whenever it comes to to doing the same thing, whenever it comes from uh, an ownership perspective, do you put extra, uh, I guess, factor into it? Do you put extra value into it whenever it comes from Jerry Jones?
3: Well, I, I love to hear Jerry's, you know, uh, voice his frustration about the way things are going right now. I think everybody is frustrated; they can't believe what they what they're seeing uh, on Sundays. But Jerry's not going to. Put on a helmet and go out there and make this right. And so for the guys that are on this team, they they realize that they are putting out a lot of bad tape. And everybody right now can go back and see a lot of plays just not being played, uh, being made, excuse me, guys missing assignments. It's not it's not a good place to be. And now people can you could deal with your team losing because I don't think that anyone expected this season to be the 72 Dolphins. But when guys just are not giving any effort at all and when, you know, if you're coming on a stunt and it's just as slow as it possibly can be or a blitz and you're missing things, that's all on the coaching staff and these players. And so I appreciate Jerry going on 105.3 uh, The Fan and being frustrated with those questions that he was being asked. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to these players to get this this corrected.
2: Whenever it comes to going to the next level and finding another way to to find that pride and to find that energy, it, it, I don't know where it starts. I, and honestly, on the defensive side of the football, you just might be bad. Offensively, you might just be banged up. There are a couple <laughs> different e- excuses. Jerry alluded to all of those in the interview, and that was a bit frustrating, I think, for every Cowboys fan. But, Rob, whenever you look at it now and you, you move into what is now week eight of the season, you're going up against Philadelphia – Uh, who has to step up whenever it comes to a pride factor, whenever it comes to finding a way to, to take reins of this team, is it the coaching staff or is it some of these veteran leaders with the bigger contracts?
5: Well, I think it starts with the players. I think what, what tank said after the game is exactly what needs to happen. There's gotta be more belief from the team that when things go wrong, they can dig out of it. Now, to your point, Kyle, especially offensively, there reaches a point with injuries and it's that it's not an excuse. It's just a simple fact of being out, outmatched. And they, they were outmatched in that game, especially when Andy Dalton goes down and yeah. you've already uh, got a lot of guys compromised on the offensive line. It really affects the way you can function. That's, that's just a simple fact of it, especially when you get behind. Uh, turnovers don't help. The safety doesn't help. That's been a big problem this year. That has to get cleaned up. But, yeah, there's got to be uh, – guys have to continue playing with confidence no matter what happens. If they don't, then it's just going to continue to snowball. And I think what they really need more than anything, they need a takeaway on defense. They need something to spark the defense. Yes. Uh, I, think they're t- I think they're tied for the fewest takeaways in the league this year with three, I believe, maybe four. Um, and that's been a continuing problem for years. It hasn't changed this year. And, but they need that. They need something to spark mm-hmm. the defense, and they're going to need yes. something to help this offense because right now we have to operate under under the assumption that Ben DiNucci's the quarterback this week. Unless Andy Dalton can get out of concussion protocol swiftly, it's Ben DiNucci's team, and that's a lot to ask on the road in Philly uh, for a first career start, man.
3: <laughs> Talk about <laughs> out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> My goodness, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Hackman, what? I'm not hear
3: just, if Isaiah was talking. Yeah,
2: no, Heckman, go
3: for it. No, I, I want to piggyback off of what Rob said, because that's big old facts right there, Rob Phillips, because this defense needs something to feel good about. They have nothing. And, you know, that first drive, you know, um, last Sunday that you getting that stop on the one, maybe that would be the thing to galvanize the mm-hmm. defense, although they took went the whole length of the field they need something they need something where you know whether it be an interception whether it be locking a, a, a number one receiver down stopping the doing something they have nothing at all to hang their hat on um offensively for this decimated offensive line it's going to come down to just establishing something right now in the in the, the absence of Dak Prescott I think since he's been out we haven't I believe that the numbers are, and I don't want to say this wrong, that we haven't scored in, what, 10, 13 points uh, since since Dak's absence. So that's not acceptable. And there has to be a way to get all of these things back on track, even with the injuries that we have. Isaiah. Yeah, I
4: think I mean, for me, it's it's. They need one big, one big play from every phase of the game, right? We need a big play on offense um, to, to establish a confidence in the entire offensive line, the receiver core, the entire coaching staff, that this unit that's out there can actually make some plays. So you need one big play that obviously results in a touchdown, something major. Um, um, then on the special team side of things, yes. you need a, you need something major as well. You need a block kick. You need a punt return block for a return. You need something that really spikes it again, that gets the energy and, that, and the morale Soft. going. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball – we got to have a takeaway, right? It would be awesome if we have a strip sack scoop score, right? If, if we can have something major from all three phases of the game in one game, I think that everybody will look at each other and say, crap, we're not too doggone bad. You know what I'm saying? We we can figure this thing out. But I think if just having one thing go right in one phase of the game, I think it's really going to – it's going to leave everybody up for a question and say, okay, well, are we now supposed to look to these guys to make plays for us mm-hmm. um, instead of everybody? And we need all three facets working together.
2: Now, just to, to play devil's advocate here, of course, during the Giants game, you did get one of those plays. Yes. You got the strip sack yes. and the fumble recovery, and it was returned for a touchdown by Anthony Brown. So you had one of those plays. One. But then you you also let's say let's take it to Washington, you had a special teams play that was actually what resulted mm-hmm. in the three points was just because Tony Pollard got down the field and, and had the sixty seven yard Kick return. kick return. So yep. you've had a couple of these flash plays, but are you saying you have to string them together, or is one good enough to finally turn the morale around on this this football team? No, I think you need to string them together. Okay. Um, and,
4: I, and I know that's a lot to ask, but it's, it's something that's definitely doable. Uh, like you said, we've been seeing flashes of it, um, a little, little, little taste of it, but we need all three facets to come together. And the reason being because it, it brings your team together. It, it makes it feel as if not one one unit won the game for you. One, not one unit puts you in a position to win the game. When you're able to look at everybody who touches the field, field. All the special teamers, all the guys on defense, all the guys on offense and say, "Hey, I played a part in something major today. I think it has it has a big effect."
2: Now, uh kind of going to change the subject here just based off of the banged up offensive line right. and and of course what we're dealing with in terms of uh of, of in terms of Andy Dalton and him getting knocked out in the third quarter, Rob, we heard yesterday from Mike McCarthy, that Andy Dalton is going to enter uh, concussion protocol, and he is going to be throughout the week. He was not in team meetings yesterday, though he was in the building. At this point, you gotta have Ben DiNucci ready, either way, to play quarterback. Right now, is it a is it enough to to galvanize and to 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 find a way to rally around a seventh round rookie and Ben DiNucci this week and, and give him the the resources necessary to be successful on Sunday? Should he be the starting quarterback?
5: They got no choice. They have no choice if that's the case. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see on Andy. I know, I know they've said that it's his, it's his first concussion. So I I don't know if that means typically that's a longer, you know, you're more careful or I I don't, you're, you're the same level careful every time, but I don't know if that's, it takes longer through the protocol with a first concussion or not. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's significant, but uh, I think, yeah, they have to operate under the assumption as they move through the week uh, that Ben DiNucci, when you put a game plan together, he's going to be your starter. And maybe that changes by the end of the week, but Uh, they, yes, I think I said the same thing though, when, when Dalton came in that you've got to, when your backup quarterback comes in and it's the same thing for your third string quarterback, everybody has to raise their level of play. You know, I I think Isaiah spoke to this, uh, before the, 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 Cardinals game that Dalton's not supposed to be the reason you win or lose games. It's gotta be guys, receivers doing more to make themselves quarterback friendly it's the run game it's the offensive line defensively it's making something happen just like we talked about Mm -hmm. and 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 defensively to piggyback on what you guys said it it is stringing it together it's not always got to be just big splash plays but it's got to be down after down just your assignments just the simple part of your assignments I know that Mike Nolan said you know a couple games ago against the Cardinals they had about 30 plays to start the game where it was it was solid it was good enough then it went south and that's the problem. They they haven't been consistent on defensive, or really in any area for an entire game. Until they do that, uh, no matter who they're playing, they're going to have trouble winning football games.
3: Heckma. Yeah, I think Isaiah said it before about you know teams during the week and their preparation for games and guys uh, not getting those first team reps. And so for me, if if we're saying that Andy Dalton is in concussion protocol, he's in the building, but he's not taking those reps. And I believe that tomorrow is, a, is an indicator on whether he'll be able to play. Uh, but if that's the case, then Ben DiNucci is your guy. And you're right back to square one with some of your issues that you had before. And that's your receivers being in rhythm with your quarterback. And now we have a, seven, a rookie uh, quarterback. So that's got to be heightened awareness. For what the playbook is, what the uh, play call is going to be for him, or game plan is going to be, is what I'm trying to say uh, for Ben DiNucci. Because this is a this is a situation with the with the Cowboys being down to our third string co- uh, quarterback and an offensive line that is not getting giving us a whole lot of protection. Where do we go? We want to go to the running game, but. In the last seven games, guys, we hadn't had any, any spark at all uh, from the running game or anything to tell us that that's something that we can rely on. So we keep talking feed, Zeke, feed, you know, Pollard, just get some balance, but we're not able to get that compliment for our quarterbacks that are coming in that need those things in order to be successful.
1: No,
4: those are facts, man. I, I, I don't, and I know I really shouldn't say that. Andy Dalton's gonna be fine, but you know, I've, I've I've been knocked out before, and it's it's not that bad. No, um, no, you I mean I've had a concussion before. I've had my share of them, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he. I, I feel like is if he he'll be back. Um, but you know obviously we have to watch what the medical crew does um, those guys are amazing um, but if it is Nucci, right if it is danucci um, then he he's a guy and there's, there's no mm-hmm. questions about it i mean it's not the situation that you want but it is what it is I mean that's you know that's what you have to do in this league you face your your you, your, you handle the cars that you're given right whatever cars you're dealt you deal with them uh, you don't make any excuses you steer your, your job is still to go out there do your assignment and, and get
2: victories no matter who's in the position of quarterback no matter who's leading this team you know and that's a great point because that's one of our actual fan on the 50 questions that I want to address when we come back after this break, but what is going on whenever it comes to the depth of this team? We were told all all offseason long that we're built for depth. We're built for these injuries and for whatever comes at you. We're going to talk about who's responsible for that not being the same kind of depth that we were anticipated for going into the 2020 season. We're going to hit that. And the rest of the fans on the 50 questions, send them in right now on the Periscope stream. We're going to answer them when we come back here on Talking Cowboys.
0: Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self respecting cowboys and your favorite football team.
2: Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at Stetson.com.
1: Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys?
0: Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
1: A delicious duet.
0: Back to Talkin' Cowboys.
2: Back here with Talking Cowboys. It's a Fans on the 50 edition. Glad you're with us on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming platforms. We got a bevy of questions flying in from all of these uh, <laughs> over the next couple <laughs> moments. Let's go with uh let's go with the sounder for fans on the fifty. Fans on the fifty. Almost forgot it. Chris Beam got in my ear and said, "Hey, listen, you, you gotta you gotta have the sounder. The fans need the sounder, and I completely agree." So, once again, every Tuesday, nine fifty, we're gonna answer your fan questions and and pull the pull up the Twitter and the Periscope stream. So send those in if you haven't already. Which one do I want to go with first? Okay, so we're gonna start things there's off. So many. Oh yeah, there's there's a good amount of them, but uh, let's go with Jeff proctor first and this kind of sounds like a it looks like a a a bit of a sarcastic question but i'm going to ask it in a real way uh if the cowboys are going to trade players or player why not put actual players on the trading block that you could get a couple picks or another player for rob and 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 basically i i think he's alluding to the don tari poe and daryl worley being reports of him being on the trade block but I'm turning it around to actual where would you go in terms of actual (laughs) players that could get something at this point
5: we love Jeff Jeff never misses a show never but I gotta disagree with I gotta disagree with Jeff I mean you're you're at the end of the day as bad as things are you're a half game out of first place with nine games left so I know it's bad. We, we've watched it. We haven't missed the snap. It's been, it's been really bad. But the season's not over. And, and that's the Cowboys are, are in this business to win football games and win divisions and give yourself a chance to win a championship. So if you have that opportunity, you have to go play for it. If you've got guys on your roster that can help you this season – you don't, you don't tank. I don't think any team in the league tanks. I really don't, especially this season. I think there's an opportunity for everybody, as weird as this year is, to at least try to get in the tournament. And so that's what they're going to try to do.
2: Okay,
3: follow-up question. Yeah, I'm not going away from any – oh, I'm sorry.
2: I was going to say follow-up question. I'm asking it to you, Heckma. So with that being said, and you're talking about don't tank because of the opportunities that lie ahead, especially in the NFC East – does this also play a factor in terms of the, the evaluation prospect process of these draft picks and how tough it's going to be to evaluate a slew of these big time draft picks that are at the top of the board because of them either opting out of the college football season or not playing a full college football season
3: well I mean the top dogs in the draft you, you know what they can do and You know, as as far as the evaluation process of our own team, that's what I'm basically looking at. I'm looking at who's giving up. I'm looking at who's going to be here next year. Mm. Uh, Guys that are under contract. Guys that, you know, that we brought in. What are you giving us? Because if the perception is that all is lost and there's there's nothing to 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 play for, if your play is reflecting that, I don't want you around. And I'm definitely not even considering getting rid of. Any guy that's uh, – we talked – let's say a name. Let's, we've heard people talk about Michael Gallup and potentially training him for some draft picks. Hell no. No. <laughs> that's – no way. Why no. That's not what – that's not even – no. So not do that. And, again, the evaluation process of everybody, everybody's under the microscope, even the, the trainers.
4: Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, it's too early. Uh, you know, Rob just said it. I, I alluded to it yesterday, and people didn't like it because you know I don't. I take the emotion out of it. Uh, but you know, you're half game back. You know, you're half game back. You're you're, you're here to win the division, right? That's step yeah. number one. Number one, your goal number one when you walk in for summer camp is win the division. Boom, that's the goal, and that's and that is attainable. That's it. It's attainable. I don't care if you do it with with a, with a with a with a five or six win season. You get in the doggone game, right? That's what it's about. Get in the game, however you do it. I don't care how ugly it is. If you win a game, if you win a Super Bowl, right? Nobody cares about how ugly it was. You just care about the fact that you walk away with a ring. Yep. That's, that's all that ultimately matters. So as bad as it is, as Rob said, as bad as it is, you still have a chance, and that's all you can ask for. You hope you put your hope in this team that they'll figure it out. We got veterans coming back this week. Hopefully we have some more coming back at the end of the year. Hopefully these guys start playing well, and all this hope that we have, right? We put it all together, and we get a little hope sandwich, and these guys can figure this thing out. And guess what? There's there's still potential that these guys can go on a run, and that's all
2: they need. We've already got people in the chat we all asking need a hope sandwich right now. Yeah, they're oh, all asking sandwich. for for the uh, for the draft show. That's the hope sandwich right now. Is 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 the is the draft up on the horizon? But I don't think that's the case. Go go for it, Rob.
5: Can I just add this last bow on this? Because I I appreciate fans, man. They keep us in in business, and they're going through a lot right now. This is no fun. I get it. But you can't have it both ways, right? Mm -hmm. You can't accuse players of quitting and not giving effort and and the same breath saying, let's just play for next year. Let's trade away uh, for picks and and do all that. that, what type of message does that send to the team, to the organization, mm. to the locker room? That's, that's not the way to go about it. And especially when you've got a new coach that's trying to create a culture, a culture, a foundation for his program about uh, grit and toughness and all those things that Mike McCarthy has been about, you know, all the way from growing up in Pittsburgh to being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers to now. You can't send that message. You just can't do it no matter how bad things are, no no matter how bleak things look the rest of the season.
2: You know, and that's a fantastic point because one of the big reasons why this is even a conversation is because you just lost, right? Well, if you just lost and you're wanting to tank, shouldn't you be happy? Shouldn't you be wanting to I mean, that's the thing is like right. like you said you can't have it both ways. You can't go 2 and 14 or at least be on that course to go 2 and 14 and then be unhappy with the the production that's on the field. There's no way that that's going to happen regardless in this organization. I'll just let you know let that know be known now. You're not going to see a tanking football team especially when you're only a half game out of first place and, and you have a chance to make a playoff run and remain relevant, even if you go 6-10 and 10 and win the NFC East, you're still not going to necessarily see a, uh, a, a tanking season, at least a, at this point. Now, that's crazy. Isaiah, this question is for you. Yes. Kevin comes out here and he asks, and he's another loyal, loyal listener. He says, why haven't we signed Earl Thomas? Oof. And I know you want to sign Earl Thomas. <laughs> so let it go, Kevin. Kevin's Kevin's putting us in on the spot, Kev. I'll put it like this:
4: If my name was Jerry Jones, which is not, which is not, it it's is pretty obvious. Not. It's definitely not nope. Jerry. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't have those commas. Um, I would have been signed. Earl Thomas and I think that's very uh, apparent. As that's very apparent on this show. I have made that very uh, abundantly clear that I would have signed him a long time ago. And maybe that's just a, a personal thing because I know the competitor that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I don't know all the issues that they're referencing uh, that people are the reason why people are scared of him. I don't know. I didn't experience that with my time with Earl um, as a teammate or as a friend. Um, I, I do know that he is. He is one of the, the greatest competitors that I've ever played with. And I know what this team has been missing. I know what was a question mark about this team at that particular position. And I think that that, that is still a question mark for us. So I don't know why we haven't signed him. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for you. But I, I do know that it's not too late. And, um, and the things, the same reasons why I wanted to bring him on the team you know, a month ago are the same reasons why I think he would be beneficial to not only the secondary but this
2: entire defense um, in, in its entirety. Mm, I like that answer. That's pretty good. Over I mean, that's a good ex- explanation is that you would do it, but there's other factors yeah. and there's different things that come into it that, that definitely make it kind of interesting. I would entertain the option. It can't really get much worse. We kind of mentioned that and alluded to it yesterday. I think Rob made the joke is like whenever it comes to the, the locker room, when is it? Couldn't get worse time with the locker room at that at a two just and Just lean starting. into it. Yeah, yeah, just let's go ahead and figure this out. Let's Maybe it helps. I don't know. Uh, this one comes from Jay, or no, I, I take it back. This is from, uh, I can't read the name. Okay, so this is not Jay. It's another loyal listener, though. And he asked Quinn and Williams from the Jets, defensive tackle, defensive lineman. He's reportedly been shopped around this week, Heckman. Of course, with the need that you need in terms of the interior defensive line, if he was available for a second-rounder, so this is the opposite of tanking. This is adding talent and giving up a draft pick to do so. Would you entertain the option of getting Quentin Williams on this defensive line?
3: Quentin Williams from Alabama is, is a future star mm-hmm. in this league. If it was, I mean, he was what, he's a top-five pick the Jets would trade him for a second, no. that, no, no, no. I, yes, I would do it. That The answer yeah, was, is yes. I would do overall. that, but I just absolutely don't see them do that. Yeah, it's not happening.
2: yeah, he was picked third overall in the 2019 draft, so this is only his second year. Goodness gracious, and they're already shopping this guy for a second-round yeah. pick? I don't believe it. Had three sacks this season, had two-and-a-half a year ago. So it's not like he's necessarily played up to that third-round pick caliber, but the fact that they're already shopping him, does that give you any pause, Rob? Oh, we lost Rob. That's unfortunate. But uh, I, I think either way, one, the the reports are now coming out. R- uh, Rich Simony from... I don't know where he's from. He's a Jets report. He said the Jets are not shopping Quinn and Williams per league source. So at least they're uh, at least they're throwing it out there and then they're reeling it back in at some point. But yeah, I, there's a couple of uh, different things with him. So Rob is uh, apparently back in the mix. Rob, are you there, buddy? Gotcha. Okay, sweet. So we were talking about Quinn and Williams and and what he could potentially bring to a defensive line, if he's even available, but not even talking about the player specifically. Would you be interested in adding talent specifically on the defensive line in the middle of this season, in the middle of this run?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, just generally speaking, I, I think yeah. that is the biggest issue they've got right now, because I, I think Jerry alluded to it on the fan like five times, the run defense. And I know we've talked about it a lot. It starts there because if you're not if you're not sound there, uh, you're on skates. You're allowing the di- the offense to dictate everything they want to do, like Heckma said, open their full playbook. And that's that's been the problem. you know when they're not getting a push or they're getting washed out of plays, it's affecting the linebackers, it's affecting everything. And then you bring play action in the mix. So I think, yes, I think that's probably the biggest issue they've got. Uh, I said this yesterday, though, when you're talking about maybe adding uh, someone through a trade, you've got to be mindful of your salary cap. Because I don't think you can get into a situation like you worked two years ago with Amari, who big-time talent is going to need a monster deal in a year or two. Yeah. And not only do you need to pay Dak, but you need to... You know just make room in your salary cap because there's no question it's going to drop it's either going to be a flat cap or it's going to drop a little bit from what it is now which is close to 200 million dollars and nobody really knows so you've got to be really careful uh, with what you know your structure of your cap's going to look like
2: you always hear about the the pieces of the pie you hear about the pie and the the salary cap and what you've built at, at the moment and Uh, Final question before we get into our our third segment coming up here in just a little bit. But how would you grade Connor McGovern's play over the last two weeks? And Isaiah, we'll start with you and then go back around the table in terms of what you guys have seen from Connor McGovern coming in at that right guard spot in the absence of, of Zach Martin.
4: Um, to Be honest with you, I haven't done my my deep dive in on him uh, specifically. I'll, I've more so looked at the offensive line as a whole, mm-hmm. um, so I, I probably wouldn't be the one to speak deliberately on on on, on him. Offensive
2: solely. line as a whole, not good. So yeah. we, we've got that grade down. Heck, my have you have you looked a little bit at, at Connor McGovern?
3: <laughs> Heck yeah, I have. Um, and and I, you know, I I didn't think he gave up any. He didn't give up a sack. He didn't give up a pressure. I mean, he's. Yeah he had a pretty solid game in the midst of it. I mean, the, the guy on the other side of him, you may want to take a look at him and get him some more help. I don't know what they have to do for Terrence Steele. He was just outmatched. Uh, and I know we're talking about McGovern, and just Terrence Steele popped in my head right there. But, yeah. you know, McGovern has played play, played well. Biotis has as well. I mean, man, when we say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely wonderful, this that, no, we're not at 10, but... You know, I think his high 6'7 is, is doing pretty good right now. Then you also look at the – Yeah, I think given – Oh, go for it, Rob.
5: Go ahead. Sorry, Kyle. No, well, I just – yeah, I mean, you know, given what they're dealing with up front, it's it hasn't been good all the way around. I think the tackle spots were probably the spots that really struggled the most in the game, containing those edges, which isn't a surprise when you're talking about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, yes. I think, I think he's played – you know – He's been solid, I guess, given the fact, what, you know, what they're facing and the fact that there's not veteran really guys around him. Um, but, I, you know, I think you'd like to get Zach back in there. I don't know. You know, I know that people are going to ask about kicking Zach to tackle. I don't, I don't know if that's something they would consider. I think if they go through the evaluation, they feel good about McGovern at guard. Maybe it's something you consider because I think Zach can play anywhere and can really help you know, seal off one of those edge spots.
2: Now, that's... An interesting conversation whenever you talk about the depth. And we've talked about switching up the offensive line, but Connor McGovern never really was in that conversation. We never really knew what he brought to the table. We didn't know what kind of stability he brought. And at least at the moment, he's the third highest graded pass protector on the Cowboys this season, 76.8 according to Pro Football Focus. He's 35th of 77 Uh Guards in the NFL, which is not too bad uh, compared to, uh, especially what you're seeing with guys like uh, guys like a uh, Terrence Steele, who's 67th of 73 tackles at the moment on Pro Football Focus. So you've you've got some stability, it seems like, with Connor McGovern as a backup. So if he's in there and he's playing guard, and then you also get Joe Looney back. Why not throw uh, Zach Martin out the tackle and allow him uh, to, to maybe try and sure up that right side a little bit more, at least than we've seen from Terrence Steele so far this season. So, as always, a ton of fun. Answering the fans on the 50 questions. We'll bring that back, of course, next week. And then on Say It With Your Chest Friday coming up this week whenever we preview the Philadelphia Eagles and these Dallas Cowboys. When we come back, where is the blame in terms of the rostered instability following the starters? We'll address that when we return here on DallasCowboys.com.
0: Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen.
1: Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time.
0: Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
1: A delicious duet. Wanna use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Back here on Talking Cowboys, the final segment here of our Tuesday show. Isaiah Stanback, Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, and the great Rob Phillips with you. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens is for you, see more, do more, Essilor. I'm trying to memorize that read. Actually, by the way, I'm trying to trying to do it without saying it, so that way I can make the eye goggles with uh, yes. the eye goggles with Isaiah at the same time. The Essilor <laughs> lens goggles uh, while we got a shot. So, man, we just got through some fans on the 50 questions, but I've got a fans on the 50 question as a Cowboys fan myself, uh, talking to three experts whenever it comes to this franchise in this organization top to bottom where do you put the blame in terms of this football team not having any depth and we mentioned it earlier with training camp and where this team was built for depth which on paper it absolutely was you looked at it Whenever it came to the, the corner spot, you had a Jordan Lewis, you had uh, an Anthony Brown, but you also had a Trayvon Diggs and a Cheeto Awuzie and a Daryl Worley at the time. We had HaHa ha Clinton Dix at one point. I mean, we had guys that were veterans that had seemingly had to add a depth. We had Dontari Poe up front. Of course, Gerald McCoy got hurt. I'm not even mentioning Gerald McCoy. But there are so many of these layers that it seemed <laughs> like on paper were going to work out, but they didn't. Is it time to start? Not necessarily. Even just pointing it at the players. Absolutely, it's on the players. We've already mentioned that. And we've addressed that plenty. But is it a chance that we look at a, a, a personnel evaluation problem when it comes to this franchise, Rob? Well,
5: I mean, I don't think there's any question that some of the moves they've made defensively, adding veterans, it just hasn't it hasn't panned out. I mean, I think Isaiah spoke to it on on paper. It looks great. You know, you're adding guys now that they're in their 30s or late 20s that they've added on the defensive side of the ball that, um, you know, have a lot of accomplishments, but it hasn't translated to the field. So I don't know really where it falls other than I would say with the depth. They have depth. What they don't have, what they haven't shown to have defensively from the starting lineup through the depth are. Playmakers, guys that can make impact plays that that can change the course of a game, and we talked about takeaways earlier. They don't, they haven't shown that this year. Now they have guys that can do that. They have a tank, Lawrence, Alden Smith, guys like that. But top to bottom, I've I've mentioned the speed on defense and some of the playmaking too. It just hasn't been there. So to me, it's it's more about that than depth. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of teams when you don't have your starter, it's going to affect you, but in your in your starting lineup can you have guys that can that can wreck game plans and they you know they haven't they haven't had that so far at all this season
2: acma
3: yeah well it, it's you're asking me to play uh, Jerry Jones like like Isaiah said earlier and for me it's the difference of crying in a Ford Escort or a Maybach you know it's <laughs> it's it's <laughs> What do you do? What do you do with this team when you look at what you put together and thinking that these guys had some juice uh, left? We celebrated Dante Arupol. We looked at the film. We thought that all of those things were going to be there. Same with Everson Griffin. We almost threw him on parade when he got here. And we have gotten the production wasn't there. Um, Look, no matter how you look at it, I don't think anyone could have – projected the worst pandemic ever guys not being able to be in OTAs training camps all of that and right now all of that sounds like an excuse but it's true this team hasn't had an opportunity to gel and it doesn't matter even with seven games the coaching techniques all of those things have not taken these guys are not getting it and you just have to go no further than the Kyle Island run away on the third and nine the second quarter five minutes and 45 seconds and it just shows man the defense is just out of sorts guys are playing out of position and we just look horrible uh, in those in those uh, circumstances situations. But as far as the way that this team was put together, I think you know you were built to win, and all of the prognosticators thought that the Cowboys had an opportunity to go far uh, in the playoffs. But after all the injuries and all of that, it just you know obviously you can hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look at it now and say it didn't work out the way they had planned it. Heck, we're bringing out the big words, man. Huh? The <laughs> prognosticators. Right. I like it. All I got right. my SAT words on the day for yeah. you. I I like it. I like I it. see you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, no, I mean, I think we've already touched on it, right? I, I mean, these guys look good on paper. I feel bad for them, you know, for for, for Jerry and Will and the rest of the, 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 the scouting department who, who seemingly did a great job assembling this team. Mm-hmm. But I, I go back to uh, some of the things that I continue to reference, and I know it might be hard for people to grasp, but as a former player, player culture matters right culture yeah. really matters and there's that's, that's yeah. a reason why you take certain players flourish in some systems and certain players don't right it's because of the culture of the organization I um, mean you and you see that you know when you when you look at teams like Baltimore and some of the moves they make they're like oh shoot when that player gets there they're gonna ball out mm-hmm. why do you say that? Why do you say those things about certain players? Because you know, if you take With a talent, culture. if you took talent and you put them in that environment, in that culture, they're going to flourish, yeah. right? So when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys, we have all these guys who look great on paper. They have they've had successful careers. We we pulled in all these veterans. We have guys that we that have been here since there since the beginning of their career that are established players. But again, what's the culture here? Yeah. Right. What is the culture? Do, do when you play the Cowboys, are you gonna, are, are guys gonna play? You know, from in the, front the of whistle to whistle? Are they gonna? Are they gonna drag you into the ground? Right? Or are they gonna score nonstop? Are they gonna? Are they gonna? Are you gonna walk out the game? You know, limping and cut up and bruised? What is the definition? What's the culture of this team? And I don't think that they have one right now. And until they do, you really can't have any real expectations from these players,
2: even regardless of their track records. Okay. Well, where does it start? Where do you start that culture? Because we've talked about it already, and people are trying to fire the coach. They're trying to fire the GM. They're try- or I guess you can't fire the GM. They're trying to <laughs> fire the defensive coordinators, what I meant to yeah. say. You're trying to fire all these different people yeah. no. and think that that's going to work. Yeah. But the way of establishing culture is by continuity, right? <sighs> or is it more than that?
4: It's more than that. And I think the culture oh, has starts- to come from the coach. It- right? Culture has to come from the coach. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure as, as good as Coach McCarthy is, um, as, as good as his history has, has shows, I don't think that he's come in and established a culture. I don't think that we've seen him come in and, and demand anything, obviously forward-facing, right? We're not mm-hmm. in the meeting room, yeah. but it doesn't appear as if anything forward-facing like he has any strong personality. It doesn't seem like he's demanding anything. It seems like he's more so, it, it appears as if he's more of an, in a waiting game and hoping for one of his veterans to stuff up and kind of establish it instead of him doing so himself when you look around the league you can see based upon the personality of the coaches you take a pittsburgh look at their coach you know what they're going to bring they're going to be fire and desire mm-hmm. all day long you go to baltimore harbaugh you know what he's going to do right you you know what the energy of that team is coach carroll he's going to be over there dancing and high-fiving and that's the and those guys are reflection of their coach yeah right um unfortunately the cowboys they were in the history in the past years they've been a reflection of their coach right in, in terms of jason garrett right he, he, he just not a he's, not, he's a, a clap your hands type of guy. It's going to be okay. We're going to be all right, guys, we're in a good situation. No, no, we're not. no, we're not in a good situation. <laughs> so now obviously we have McCarthy stepping to the fold and we know that he's a good coach. We know he's knowledgeable. We know he has he's, he's coached great players in the past, but what is his
2: culture? We don't know. You guys have anything to add on to that?
5: I think Isaiah is exactly right. It's got, yeah, it it starts. It starts with the coach. I I think his culture is like I referenced his background earlier. I think he's kind of a, you know, blue collar, gritty guy. In terms of that's the culture he wants to set, Mm -hmm. and he wants to, and a team that values the football, which they haven't accomplished that. And I don't, I don't know. It sounds like an excuse, but I just I, when you don't get to be with your players in person until mid-August, early August, I don't know if yeah. you can set a culture this quickly. I, I, and, and, it, and it may take a hard look at the roster at the end of the season and saying, okay, does this player fit my culture, does he not, and, and, and try to reshape it that way. Um, we'll see. But, but I, I, think it's, I think it's a challenge for a coach to do that, especially, like Isaiah said, if it's got to be a, a, a 180 shift in culture. Or approach to the way you coach players or what you demand of players than in the past. So it, it's just a weird year.
3: Acma? No, absolutely on the same page with what these guys just said. And and it's hard to establish that no matter what Mike McCarthy came in with an ideal of this season was going to be, he probably did not have in the back of his head trying to get to know his players on Zoom meetings. And again, all of these things sound like excuses, but the evaluation process for Mike McCarthy has to start right now, all the way through uh, the building. And, and, And I'm talking about everybody because, you know, Isaiah, the one thing that you alluded to, or we're talking about the pitch the Baltimore's is that those are football franchises that it permeates through the building and nobody gets down after a loss they know that hey we'll get out there and get them again so it's not gloom and doom and so uh, I appreciate you saying that and so I think that's the bigger challenge for coach Mike McCarthy it's just Making sure that not only is the culture being set with the team, but through the organization, so that once this culture or whatever this uh, is with these anonymous sources, all of that stuff, that you don't allow those things to get in the building and wreck your team.
5: Gotta, keep yeah, like that's it in- not a that, that would never happen on a Bill Belichick thing.
3: No.
5: That stuff just doesn't that doesn't exist. There are no anonymous sources in New England. That does not happen. <laughs> no, I mean but but
4: even I know we got to get ready to get off the air, but even talking in reference to New England, right? My time in New England from day 1, from the time I showed up and I had my first workout in New England, it was the beginning of the season, right? We were lifting weights as if it was the off season, mm. right? And I knew from that day uh, these guys are lifting heavy, right? Heavy, and it was in it was a it was a direct reflection of coach I don't give a dog on what time of the year it is. There is no off season, right? We're going full throttle all the time. I'm gonna drag you all the way through. We're gonna we're gonna bust your butt in the weight room. We're gonna bust your butt in meetings. We're gonna yeah. bust your butt in walkthroughs, and we're gonna go out there. We're gonna dog these guys, and then we're, guess what? It's on to the next opponent, right? Don't 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 feel yourself. Don't pat yourself on the back. You show up to work. You grind, and we go to work, and we handle our business, and then we go on to the next opponent. And that was that again. That went through the whole facility. Yeah,
2: you do that. You do your job. You okay. get through it and, and, and find a way to, to move on. Put the last game in the rearview mirror and, and get to the next opponent, which is exactly what we're going to do. Doggone right. Starting right now. We've had a lot of sulking. We've had the, the frustration. We've had the anger over the last 48 <laughs> hours following the 25-3 to loss. Sulking. I'm not even going to mention it again. We're, going, we're moving forward now here on Talking Cowboys. So tomorrow we start looking at one how we get better on the field, X's and O's. We're going to talk about how to beat Philadelphia. We've got the Philly offense versus this Cowboys defense, which – arguably might be the key to this football game. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Then we've got Cowboys offense versus Philly defense on Thursday. And then, of course, say it with Chess Friday mm. coming up as well. That's going to do it today for us here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. For Chris Beam in the back, for Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and the great Heck Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys.